this computer. Awesome. Okay, here we go. So I got to be honest with you. Uh, I learned about um, this next beautiful lady probably about six months ago. I was cruising on my Instagram and I don't know, you just see some people on Instagram and they're so radiant and they just pop. And then I started to dig into, oh, she's in casting. And then I started to find out who she worked with. And she started it. I mean, you work with such legendary people. And the person that told you to get into casting was a, is a legendary actor. And I just had to get you on. Please welcome Tracy Twinkie Bird. How are you? I'm well, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I, you know what? I am, uh, I'm blessed to be alive. I'm blessed to wake up every single day. So that's where I am right now. We are, and that's true, yes. How have you managed to get through this pandemic? Because it's been tough on everybody. You know, I, it's so strange how we can adapt to something. And now I'm having post-pandemic stress of being in rooms with too many people. Yes. So it's or first when it first started, I was just like, it felt like um, I am legend. Mm. It was completely quiet in the valley. <laughs> yes. There was no one on Coldwater or Chandler. It was like desolate. I was walking four miles a day with the man I love. He just, I was in the house like spinning. Yes. So he was like, come on, let's go for a walk. And we started doing these every other days. We walked for four miles all the way from um, from Coldwater to literally to Van Nuys Boulevard and back. Wow. And um, just to, you know, just to think and to listen and to be and being in nature really, really helped. So that was really important. And um, I'm thankful for that. And then I started a I noticed that a lot of artists were having challenges looking at social media. So I started a, a smartphone short film challenge on IG. I created that and you had to make a, a two minute short film with your smartphone and uh, edit it and do all of that. And I got like 300 submissions. Wow. And I had to go through all of those short films. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it took a lot. So in that short film, and I hate to sound like this is an industry, but your time is very valuable, even during a pandemic, you know, how much, like, I, I talk to some people, they say, well, I read 10 pages of a script, and then I know if I'm gonna read the rest of it. True. On you, when you watch a tape, or these two minute films that came in, how much do you have to watch, because you're so seasoned before you know, okay, this is not, not worth your time, I don't want to put that label on yeah. it, but uh, I'm gonna finish this, or not gonna finish this? Uh, 10 seconds. Tinsa, is that true for a casting as well? Yep. Really? Wow, you know like that in 10, 10 seconds. seconds is a lot of time. It is a lot of time. It is a lot of time. So, so a person like you, so Caesar, what do you look for in that 10 seconds? Everybody asks me that. Uh, is it, it's got to be different for every person, I guess, right? It is. No, actually, it's the same. No? Connection. I'm looking for how connected you are with the camera and how you connect with me and then how you connect with the material. So it's connection, connection, connection. It's all connection, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yep. Wow. Uh, before we get into all this, because definitely I want to get some advice for people that are in acting. I just broke into acting. So 
you know, that's been going really, Congratulations. it's been going really, really well. So I'm excited about it. I, you know, I, I'm a stand-up comedian. So yes, I, I, I wanted to like do my, you know, my 10,000 hours in that. And now I feel like now it's time for a new challenge. So I started acting right before the pandemic. So I had a lot of time to practice. <laughs> yes, but and you was, already know how to connect because yes. from stand-up. And yes. so it, it's like a short, you have a, you put it, you've been putting in your 10,000 hours through your standup. You know, what's interesting. What's interesting. Uh, I meet with a lot of casting directors, like before the pandemic, because now that you're acting, you got to get in all these rooms to just meet the casting directors and every casting director I talked to, they were like, oh, stand up comedians can do drama, but drama, a lot of drama actors can't do uh, uh, sitcoms. Right. And I found that interesting where they go, if you do stand up, you can do anything. Like the doors just open. Why is that? Like, cause I never asked them why that is. They never broke that down. But from your expertise, why is that? You're a yes and not yes, but. Yeah, it's true. It's true that I love the simple and there it is right there. You always try to find the next thing and push yes. it more and more and more. Mm -hmm. is, is that why you think rappers are good uh actors too a lot of rappers are great actors they are and uh and they don't necessarily know it uh all the time you know how we say we don't want to be put in a box and then we put ourselves in a box so funny yeah Watching all of these rappers who i came up with because i started casting in music video Oh yeah, I know. So I know. I'm working with all of the. It's so funny. I'm I'm sitting at a table read with Mary J. Blige, and having a conversation with her at uh, Black Nativity. I cast her in that movie, and we're talking. And um, and she's like, "How long have you been doing this?" I said, "Well, it's been quite some time. I started out in music video. Actually, I did. Um, I can love you with Kevin Bray." And she was like, "You my music? I'm like, yeah, yeah." Yeah, I was around. I mean, it, it's uh, it's interesting how you you had a job and you you were like, you know what? Let me let me try this. I think I got a talent in it. And you kind of just and I and I tell everybody this: if you're not happy in what you're doing, sometimes you just got to go for it, and you're gonna take a hit. You're yes. gonna take a hit. Yes. But, but that hit you're taking is valuable experience to get you to that next level because so many people in this industry are scared to take that hit. Yes. But once you take that hit and then you get over, you, right. you find out what you're made of and you push through it. You know, it's interesting. You were at this job and I'm not going to call it a dead end job, but it's not what you love. And then you were like, OK, I'm going to show up to this place. Was it API? What was it called? Which, which place? What are you talking about? Uh, when you first your first casting job, what was it, the first place you went? I had so many. I went. Well, my my first internship. Internship, was yes. With uh, Julie Hughes. Okay. And Hughes Moss Casting, they were doing Cosby Show. Yes. And I wanted okay. to learn about how to do what I thought I wanted to do while I was sitting at this ad agency watching the um, commercial casting directors, uh, Russ Militello and um, Shirley Sender, watching them do pamper babies and commercials. And I was like, I want to do this for Cosby in a different world, though. So let me find out who's doing that. And then using those Ross reports from New York, like getting that little booklet. And let me go through and see. 
And then I sat down with her. I called the office and called the office. The tenacity is ridiculous. I just kept calling. And she was like, okay, already come in and ask me some questions. And I did. And um, my last question was who gets the coffee and empties the garbage. And that was the job that I wanted because you learn everything from reading what goes in the garbage. And you learn who, yeah, exactly. Cause you learn who's throwing it away. Everybody throwing away something. Everybody <laughs> throwing away. And I was like, okay, so what was wrong with this contract? Oh, there was a misspelling here or there. Or, oh, what was wrong with this one? Oh, she negotiated for more money. So when you negotiate, you got to throw the old one away in order to get to the new contract with the new money. So it taught me, I learned a lot from that process. I do notice, I do notice though, um, with this new world we live in, since people are so reachable all the time, it's almost like people don't want that, like the tenacity of you being in their face or calling a lot now. So that's, do you believe that's changed? Because I can't see Tracy Twinkie Bird having a person call her 20 times and being like, okay, just come in. You know, I, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I, wrong. It's how you do it. Yeah. It, there's a finesse to it and you have to figure out what your finesse is. Mm -hmm. Like each person's finesse is different. So I've had people contact me constantly, but they actually had something to say. Yes. They were actually updating me on something they were doing or something they thought I would be interested in. So you actually have to have some people skills and be interested in more than just yourself and your want. Got you. Got you. So let's let's talk about your uh, early career at Cosby show. How was it? Look, we all know the end game right now for Cosby. Mm -hmm. But I tell people you have to separate what he did for black people right. on that show right. into the human he is in real life. Right. Because he that was the first show I watched where black people could be affluent, affluent, you know, like they could have money, be lawyers, be doctors, live in a nice place and not talking. And I'm saying it in quotes, jive. You right. know what I mean? They weren't right. put into a box. They weren't stereotyped. No, we yes. They, they broke all the mold. So right. I look up to I him in that show for that. I do. Uh, but working there, how was it? What did you see as far as being uplifted in that environment? Or what did you take away most from the Cosby show? Well, for for the show itself so i ended up interning for julie hughes in her office which was very different from you know the um long island city cosby show set so i never got to that place but what what cosby show did for me was reflect my family on television because uh that's how i was literally living in brooklyn uh for the most part in a house with two cars and a dog which most people didn't think was real but it was very real to me with uh, you know, parents with a piano in our home and a library of uh, encyclopedias. And we were always going to you know, Broadway shows and, and events like, you know, my father was huge on museums and all of those things. So I'm watching Cosby and I'm going, that's us. You know, mm -hmm. so for me, it, and then of course I attended an HBCU. So watching then the break off of Denise going, attending an HBCU, I was like, oh, it's just my whole life. It's my whole life. It was just so awesome to see it. And it shifted me and it opened me up to the limitless possibilities that there is for us. And I wanted to see more of it. It inspired me to want to be in this business and to create more, like we need more. So when I called in 
because I really do believe it's part of my career. Every, every time I did a film or something, it usually had something to do, almost every time, it had something to do with my life. Like doing Stomp the Yard, I attended an HBCU or uh, doing Jumping the Broom was very much, you know, I, I was married, we did jump the broom and that was a part of my life. Like each thing, doing Notorious, casting Notorious, I met Biggie and did his music video uh, one more chance to remix and was outside of that brownstone when <laughs> all of these people, I mean, they had to block off the street because so many people were pulling up just to be in that brownstone to shoot their scene, just to have pass by, the camera pass by them. All right, good, you're out. And that next one, totals in, this one's in, that one's in. It was just, it how was, was genius. It was a how genius was, How was it like being on set with Biggie and I, I know this is a very generic question I'm about to ask, and I know it's generic, but did you know the greatness that was happening at the moment? You did. Yep. You did. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I really did. I really, really did. We were our genius. Genius personified. Rap and hip hop, genius personified. Jazz, genius. And that era is the exact same as jazz, as as anything as Lindy hopping and all of it, that hip hop era of music and video. Yes. Well, they were, they were, they were short, they were short, short movies. movies. Yep. They were short. I mean, like, like when you saw a hype Williams name on a video or something like you were like, okay, this is not just a music bit. I'm going to be here for like 10 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, this is a movie. It got to the point where the music video directors, you know how when you're listening to songs and you hear like the producer, uh, the producer, what do they call that drop? Like Mike will make you. Like yeah, you, know, uh -huh. you hear that kind of dark mm -hmm. child, you know, those, yeah. that's how the music video directors were. There's a hype Williams production. <laughs> like, Absolutely. There little X production. I mean, like they were taking the budgets for those videos back then were insane. Yes, they were out of control. Out of control. Out of budgets. Out of control. Four and five day shoots. They would take over Vegas with with Will Smith. I wasn't a part of that one, but I heard the stories. The dancers, the Luxor, the wet streets, the the cars, the headlights, the the flares. The it was. Um, and I shared with some actors the other day. We, I was talking to someone and I said, you know, the ring light, the literal ring light that I have in front of me, mm -hmm. that was created. That was a, the, the, the predecessor, the, the prior to this ring light. If you look in Mary J. Blige's eyes or you look in the eyes of Missy when they're doing, you know, they had this light that was made to go all the way around. And it was all fluorescent lights that they purchased like a Home Depot store in order to light us, to light black, black artists all the way around. It got to the point where I'm sitting here listening to an artist explain, I want that look that has my, the star in my eyes. I want that unbeknownst to them, that star in the eyes is the reflection of that light that has now since become the ring light. <laughs> So they they basically made the first ring light. Yeah. Wow. That's a bit. now when you were in there with Biggie, did you actually have conversations with Biggie? How I was hugged he? Him. You hugged him. 
Mm. He gave great hugs. Yeah. And he smelled really good. That's the one thing I remember is he smelled really good. He was so nice. He was so nice and he was living his dream. Like it's, he was living his dream. It was beautiful to mm-hmm. watch. And um, it was beautiful to watch all of them. Like I did a lot of bad boy projects. I worked a lot with bad boy at the time. Stacy Burroughs was the video uh, commissioner then. And I did total with Joseph Kahn and I did, I did Biggie one more chance. And then I had to do um, we'll always love big Papa. That was after. And I was, yeah, it was, it was so surreal, so incredibly and ridiculously just over music surreal mm-hmm. um, doing Mary videos and uh, working with the bad boy team and Groovy Lou and Terry Haskins. It was just that whole era and time. And some of those directors who are still working now, like Kevin Gray, Millicent Shelton, she used to do all uh, Fat Films music videos mm-hmm. with uh, Ya Kid K. And I did that with her. Brett Ratner in those days, uh, my brother Jeff Bird, Tim Story. Gosh, they're all working now as directors, you know, and, um, and executive producers. What's your thoughts on music today versus, I know you're not doing music videos anymore, but what's your thoughts about rap or the culture today versus back then? We still have some geniuses out there. I like her and Daniel Caesar. I like, um, I uh, also like, who's the young lady that I liked so much? Oh my gosh. There was another young lady that I liked so much. They. There, there are the geniuses that are mm-hmm. out there. There are, there's music out there that I absolutely love and admire. Usher's still doing his thing. He's still, he's doing his residency in Vegas. Is Look he? Oh, oh that's yeah. So smart. Yes. That is so smart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I um, I, and then unfortunately, you know, I start to sound like an auntie. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way when I hear some things, but then I remember my aunties when they heard like Prince Erotic City, they were not too happy with me. Yeah. Like, what are you playing? What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very, it, it's a weird thing to me because when I was growing up, the rappers were only five to six years older than me. Right. You know what I mean? Like LL Cool J, I was 12 and he was like 19. You know right. what I mean? So it, now it's interesting to see people loving rappers over 40 years old. Jay-Z's over 50 years old. And I would never think at 15, 16 years old, I would listen to a person over 50 years old rap. Right. But when you created it, you're the movement of it and it's good. You got to keep listening. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he's still here and he's still, he's still, there's some lessons. There's still some stories to tell. And, um, And the growth, and his shift and his change, the growth, that, that's a story to tell as well, the evolution. Because uh, right now you think you know everything and you're buying all this ice and you're doing all of these things. Now he's talking about investments and looking back on his old self and how he wishes he would have purchased this and bought that and this accrues in value and this means nothing after it's driven off the lot. Like those conversations, that education is needed in rest. Yes. So, yes. 
bring it on, bring all of that. Because these, some of these young folks don't know necessarily, and, and some of the older folks too. Like we need to know how to invest, where to, so I, I applaud, I applaud what he's doing and the fact that he can still attract, you know, our youth. Do you, uh, when Notorious came out, did you have to fight to be the casting director of that movie or was it a given? Everybody came to you and was like, you the one. It was a, it was a fight. It was a fight. Even though you work with them and everything back in the day. It was a fight. Yeah, it was a fight. And how do you separate yourself from other people? Because I don't know that side. How you do know, I separate myself? Yeah, to get the job. What, how does that happen? Like for, cause you, you're always, we feel giving jobs and giving people opportunity, right. but on your side, how do you get the opportunity and get the job? You know? Okay. So first I have to thank Christian Kaplan for that job for Notorious because he knew who the right person for the job was. There you and go. At that time, he was the, you know, VP of casting over at uh, Fox. So I really appreciate him for that. Uh, and secondly, how do I get it? I just be myself, like be myself, do the best job I can as far as a pitch. A lot of times they wanna see who do you have in mind? Who are you, who are you thinking? And you, you know, I put together kind of like a little lookbook or a little carousel of photos or whatever. And I'm like, it could be, could be not, could be. And a lot of us, you know, have the same or similar people in mind. Or, and every now and then you'll like surprise people with this one person they never thought of. Um, but really it's about working with the people that people work with people they like. So if they like me, if they understand my personality and it's not for everyone and, you know, some, some people in particularly don't necessarily care for, you know, you, my, the way I suggest, cause I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. So the way I suggest sometimes is a little bit like, this is it. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> you could. I wouldn't, but you could. You know, that's kind uh -huh. of And how did you go from uh videos to movies? And I know it all came down to Forrest Whitaker, right? Forrest Whitaker. I love him. Godfather of Harlem right mm -hmm. now. I love watching that show. Forrest Whitaker said to me, I was casting this video for Forrest Whitaker directing. Um, Barry Pepper and Yuki Kudo from Snow Falling on Cedars. I, I cast this couple um, and he was in the service and he was supposed to be returning from war. Then 9-11 happened. Mm. Literally while we were shooting. Oh, and wow. All of the ships in Oxnard went out to sea and Forrest had to figure out how to shoot this music video without the backdrop that he thought he was going to have. So in the process of casting that project, I brought people in and I called, we couldn't find a woman to play his wife, but we already had the daughter. And I was like, well, I just finished watching this amazing film called Snow Falling on Cedars. And I wonder if she's available. And so I called her agent and, and they were like, Barry Pepper, sure. Like, yeah. And, um, and he said, what, Forrest said, what are you doing casting music video? And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, you should be casting film. Forrest doesn't remember this, by the way. He doesn't. It changed my whole life. Forrest doesn't remember. So I cast him, I cast him in, in Black Nativity as well with Mary J. Blige. And I tell Forrest this story and he's looking at me like, I did, that was me? And I was like, yeah, it was you. That's a whole reason. 
um, yeah, it, Forrest Whitaker was like, yeah, you really need to be doing film. Like, you know, just the way I handled people, the way I talked to the actors, the way I handled, he was like, you really, really need to be doing. And I was like, okay, let me, I'll try it. What, what are your, what do you think? How do I make that step? And he was like, you know, do short films, you know? And so I went about looking to do short films and that really helped me. The short films helped catapult me into feature. And then my brother hired me to do a project, uh, Young Caesar first for Sheldon Candace. And then I did uh, King's Ransom with Anthony Anderson. And, um, and that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. And Fruitvale Station. And Fruitvale Station. Okay, so I wanna know this because uh, I'm good friends, very good friends with his, with his agent, um, but Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Um, what stood out to you even back then about Michael B. Jordan? Because now he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. You know, the guy is crushing it. Yes. What was it about him where you go, yeah, that's, that's, that's the guy right there? Well, he was on my list, first of all. And he wasn't, he wasn't at the top of the list because Ryan Coogler had someone else in mind. And that person said no. And since Coogler and I worked together on his thesis project for USC, and his first choice in that regard said no as well. I said, you know, and it, the reason why I got the job to work with Ryan Coogler on his thesis is because I cast Notorious and the young lady he wanted in, the, in his short film was Maturi Naughton. Ah, okay, that makes sense. And so he called me to get to, well, his producer called me to get to her. I read the script. And then I sent it to her and I said, I'm gonna cast this, will you do it? And she couldn't see the vision at that time. And I had to share with him and he was crushed. And I said, well, your number two choice will be your number one choice, I promise you. Because this is what I do, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not cocky, I'm just confident. Yeah. So, you know, there's more than one actress out there for anything. So I get him number two choice. She is amazing. He lost his mind in the casting room. And so we had already built that bond, that relationship. So when he went out, when we went out to his first choice and his first choice said, no, I looked at him and I said, number two is gonna be your number one, I promise you. And he said, I trust you Twink, I trust you. And then I text Michael and I said, I really need you to read the script. And he called me, he was like, you really think it's dope? And I was like, yeah, this, this could be a really great thing. And honestly, he had done some films before, but he didn't pop. And he was, at that point, he was on television, just doing the parenthood, just, you know, on TV, chilling. Yeah. And a lot of times I have noticed and is that when someone wants to change their life, you do an indie. When you want to shift your life and your career as an artist and as an actor, you do an indie. A really strong indie. Why? Let me ask you this, because you said something very interesting. You saw him before and he didn't pop. So you give him this opportunity mm -hmm. to pop in casting. Because if he's not gonna pop in the room, you're not gonna give him a job, no matter if he is your second choice. What is it, is it more about certain projects make people pop or did he grow more in that short time? Yeah. It could be both. He auditioned for Notorious. I'll never forget, we had to have everybody from The Wire audition for Notorious because it was the hottest thing. I mean, the wire was the just ridiculous. Thing. It was ridiculous. Noodles. So good. So much truth. So much, you know, just so good. Um, 
and you can tell how great it was because it received no awards. That's how you know it's great. It's how could that receive no awards? I really don't understand. People in the head. Awards are not oh. about greatness. Awards are about politics. Yeah, that's true. It's a business. And it's a the business. politics of that show was too real to give an award to. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know something is the shit when it doesn't get an award or even a mention. It's like, oh, I gotta see it. You it know, it, amazing. It's like the weekend didn't get no Grammy love, but then right. goes across seas and wins sixteen awards. You know, it's ridiculous. It's fine. It's the fine. Stops. It's okay. It's <laughs> He's doing the work. He's doing what he loves and he gets paid for it. That's the award right there. There it is. So he um, he didn't actually have to, they had coffee. I set up a coffee between the two of them. And I, you know, hindsight being 2020, I would have been at the coffee instead, but I let the brothers, you know, gotta yes. let the brothers work it out sometimes. Yes. You can't just be always in the mix as a woman yeah. sitting in between. So I was like, y'all go to coffee. Let me know what's up. Holla back. Sure enough, he went to coffee with Coog. Coog called me. He's like, oh my God, Twinkie, this is the dude. This is him. I really, I can feel it. This is the dude. And I was like, awesome. Okay, let's make that offer. Let's go. And you know, there was no money. Like this is a quarter million dollar project. Like 250 yeah. grand tops. No money. But it's not about the money. It is literally about the the love of the art and breathing life into this story because it was so important. It was important to Ryan Coogler and um, it was important that this story be told. And I didn't realize that there was so much footage on YouTube about, I mean, he was impinged, Michael was impinged from the YouTube video and sitting with the director because, you know, so many people discounted um, Ryan Coogler at, at the top of his career at the beginnings, just because, you know, he had long locks down his butt and, you know, he was a- They were putting player. him in a box, stereotyping him. In a box. They were stereotyping him. You know, he told me some stories about attending some events and some very major names who forget to thank him to this day, blew him off. So, mm. you know, the person that continues to, you know, your franchise continues to live literally because of him. Mm -hmm. and his own genius so uh yeah a lot of people just kind of you know they were like oh, okay that guy that you know from northern california that kind of mumbles a bit you know him yeah do you think uh for instance uh, and i can't ask you to speak on michael's behalf on this but do you feel that you said if you do an indie that's where you can change and pop a lot of times do you feel because the money is so low the actor has no pressure and knows it's just about the work where he's not like, oh, they're giving me $10 million, so I got to come through with something major. Where this is like, oh, they paying me like 20 grand, so I'm, it's not, I'm, I'm really not here for the money. I'm here for the love. Yeah, I, he's, he was really there for the love. I could say that. And, you know, to breathe life into Oscar's story, to make mm -hmm. Oscar real to the whole entire globe. And that, I mean, it, it just... And we watched it all on video. I mean, wow. you can literally still YouTube it to this day and watch it all on video. So I had no idea that moment. It just shifted everything. I believe for Michael, and I can't speak for him, but I, I believe I saw his heart during that performance. But also, too, even when he got to Cannes, 
and there was a standing ovation. He called me from Cannes and held up the phone. He said, Twinkie, that's for you. That oh. standing O is for you. They're, they're applauding this, but this is for you because you brought me to the table. And that's what we do is we kind of, we bring you to the table at a time when you don't even know what your, your name is being spoken in rooms and you have no idea what's happening. For me, he was just, he's always special. There's a specialness to each and every person. And even if you're not getting the call, like what I did for Michael, mm -hmm. you should be looking for the IP or the story for you to do it for yourself. Yes. Yes. That I, I love that Michael B. Jordan story um, because it, it just shows you that I, I think that's the trap of Hollywood too, though. It's one, everybody that's in the industry is one phone call from their life being changed. But the thing is, you got to be, you got to be prepared. You got to be ready. You got to be prepped because when you get that shot, you may only get one or two shots at it, like a real, real chance at it. Yes. And you got to knock it out the park. Yes. And you have to know your, I mean, the relationship between that has taken off between Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan, their friendship, that, that brotherhood, you can see it in the actual shots. When you're paying attention to the shots, the way that he lifted Michael B. Jordan and his performance up with yes. the visuals that he gave him. Well, that's what a lot of people don't understand about acting. Like a director can make you look, I mean, and this is not about Michael B. Jordan. I mean, I'm getting, but just let's say a flat actor. What yeah. an amazing director. They can make you look Oscar worthy at times. Yes, they can. Yes. You know, they know when to cut. They know when to bring you in. They know when yes. to zoom in. They know you so well. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to make them look great in this shot. And yes. So that, that, that's what's interesting about the whole acting world. Um, now for Ryan Coogler, I mean, this guy is like the name now in the industry. Has he changed at all in nope. this? No. He still answers my calls. Look at that. But you must seen, and no names needed, but people that do change that you've helped out at the beginning. Or you is know, everybody pretty loyal to you? I can say this, and um, let me put it this way. If, if and when change does occur, it's usually because they're doing so much that they're unable to be the person that they were initially. And I try to charge it to their head and not their heart and just let them level off because the ride can be so fast and furious. Mm -hmm. Once people latch onto you and act like I found him and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, wait until you level off. We'll run into each other again. I'm going to keep doing what I do over here because I love it and you do what you do. And we'll either run into each other at the gym or on the red carpet. Either way, it's all good. I'll see you. You're like, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you. Like, it's all good. But initially, you know, you go and you win all of these awards and everybody wants to take pictures with you. And then you're on the cover of magazines and you're getting all of this stuff. You don't have time to call in the middle of the night and shoot the shit like you used to do with me or, you know, with any of your friends. You just kind of don't necessarily have that time and hope and pray that they don't take it personally because it's been 
it's being filled up with so many things. But then once you kind of level off, once those things kind of become, then you look for those friends or those people that, those confidants. So I don't take it personally at it, all. Isn't it crazy though, just to sometimes sit back and go, I gave this person one of their first shots and now you open a magazine or they're on the cover of that magazine or they're on the big screen and you're going, look at what they are now. And you're responsible to a certain degree for that. Isn't that kind of uh, awesome. surreal? Awesome it and is. surreal, right? It's awesome. It's surreal. It can it can come back around um, now that Michael B is an executive producer. I get calls all the time for his projects, so I know that has something to do with him. Mm -hmm. he hasn't necessarily texted me and said, "Twink, did you get that that meeting yeah. that I set up?" But I know it has something to do with him. Absolutely. You know, either directly or indirectly, it has something to do with him. So you know, you just never know where and how it comes back at you but watching them that's the thanks i feel the thanks is succeeding and to keep going and to create work for other people and maybe even me but that's the thank you in my feeling okay so i want to ask you some questions from uh, an actor's point of view now okay actors point um of view. actors point of view so like what what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes like when you get a tape what are some of the biggest mistakes you see normally, like on a on an average? Okay, uh, on an average, um, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's really true. Uh, chirping smoke detectors. Really, chirping smoke detectors. People have stopped hearing them in their own houses, so they're auditioning, and you hear this. All through this, I'm like, don't you hear that? You don't hear that? And it's not just, you, so you're seeing hundreds of tapes and it's like 50 people have, smir have, have those chirping smoke detectors. I know, I, close your mouth. Just I, like, I, I can't. So you think I, it's I, the acting? No, it's the chirping smoke detector. I've never heard that. This is why I want to talk to you. I've so never... annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, I, it sorry. seems, I can't even like take that seriously because who wouldn't stop that? They don't, you know, like you go nose blind and you can't smell your garbage in your house sometimes because you're living in yeah. it and you walk uh -huh. outside and come back in and you go, what is that smell? <laughs> That's the same thing. They well, can't the, hear it anymore. Okay. 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 So what about like number two? Like what about like, okay, we got the chirping, but what about like yes. mechanics or something? <laughs> something. Something. Like there has to be something else people do wrong. I know that not just chirping. Like, uh, yes. you know, is there, is there. Chirp is big. The, the chirp is a, is as soon as I hit a chirp, the tape is off, no matter how yeah, good they are. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. I'm like, if you can't pay attention to that detail. I don't even yeah. know what you want to set. Just right? go. <laughs> just go. Um, I can say that sometimes lighting, lighting is an important thing mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, sound is also really important. Uh, things that people do wrong, like sometimes. So 
even though this has happened and I've actually cast the person. So I guess kind of, yeah. You have the wrong, the wrong sex or the as the reader opposite. So if it's supposed to be a love interest and if the love interest is supposed to be male or female or for whichever, it doesn't even matter, but if it's, it should be the, it should be the right gender. The right reader, gender reader. Gender okay. reader for whatever that situation is so that you can feel more like, don't have your mom read for yeah. interest either. That's kind of awkward. Let me, let me ask you this. I've, you know, I've been in a situation where, you know, you sometimes you get so many auditions and you can't be, I don't care who you are. You can't be a hundred percent ready for each audition. Like, right. like to the, so is it something where you're like, okay, I'm just say I get five auditions in a week. Yep. Should an actor go, okay, I can't do all five. I'm just going to take these three or should they try for all five, try even though, five. but like you said, aren't y'all looking at, are y'all taking in consideration? Oh, they may be busy and have a lot of auditions. What if it's not a hundred percent to their level that they could do? Well, every project is, does not necessarily mean you're going to book. Yeah. It just means that you are, you know, you're doing the best that you can and you're giving, you're giving the best that you can and keep on giving. It, it's like, it's like driving. Remember when you first learned how to drive, you were like 10 and two and yeah. mirrors check, 10, two check and other mirror check. And did I, you know, you're doing all of that. Now you get in the car and you turn the radio on. Yeah. It's the, it's the constant doing that gives you more ease. Where you can get out more script. Cause I've already noticed that just doing it a year and I, during the pandemic, you know, I, I steady work for my coach every week. And now when I get a script, it's amazing how much you can remember in just one read. Yeah. But I just got a nine page uh, thing that's due tomorrow. Yes. And I read it one time and I go, Oh, I already pretty much know it. Right. Like literally know it when before I start, if I would have got nine pages, Oh my, I would have started freaking out. Yeah. It's, yes, it's just exactly. amazing how the brain works. Yes, it's just amazing how the brain works where boom, 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 you can just get it. It truly, and you know your instrument. So you know how yes. much energy to give and how much and how much not to give and all of that good stuff. I'm so sorry, I just got a call in between here. I oh, no worries, no worries, um, you, yeah. you're a busy so, woman, I know. I, I am, um, but you know, you know your instrument and you know what to give, you know what energy to give, you know how to make it seem. Um, to is that Michael B. Jordan? No. Is that, is that Ryan? They, they looking for you? No. <laughs> um, so, so the more you practice, how you practice is how you play. So it's more and more of it is practice. And then you think sometimes you have to put so much intention into this one thing, so much and it's the one that you just did that was just so light just like, and then you get the phone call back. We love that tape. And you're like, what tape? I don't even remember which one, which one that was. And it was the one where you just kind of put it out. That's what, that's what I heard. I, I've heard so many actor, my actor friends go, I booked the job and I thought it was my worst audition ever. Right. right? I, I, I don't know. So I'm gonna let you go because I know you're busy, but I want to ask you this. How'd you get the nickname Twinkie? I'm not telling. You're not telling. I'm not telling that story. 
So were you, well, let me ask you this. So you I told- I was a very chubby kid. Oh, okay. And I ate a lot of, you know, snack cakes. <laughs> so they called you Tweaky. Yes. And that did. held. Yes, it did. Well, you know what happened? There was a lot of Tracy's and casting in New York. So I just went to the nickname. Mm, okay. And I said, okay, this is how I'm gonna differentiate myself from all the other Tracy's. So let me use the nickname. I used the nickname and it stuck. So and, yeah. So when Ryan calls you or Michael B. Jordan calls, is it is it Twinkie or is it Tracy? Oh, it's Twink. It's Twink. It's twink. <laughs> They're just like, sup, Twink? How you doing, Twink? Like that just there it is. You you shorten the nickname even shorter. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Soon, soon it'll just be toi, you yeah. know? <laughs> it will. Who knows? I, honestly. But yeah, that's, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because it, it just, it separates me from. Yeah. Else. So I'm thankful for it. Well, get back to work. I really appreciate your time. You. And uh, I, I'm just honored that you uh, decided to do the pod. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. I sound, it, it sounds good. And congratulations on all that you're doing. I yes, you too. It, yes. Great. So keep on doing it. And hopefully, you know, I'll be calling you in from one of my EP projects because that's what I'm doing now. I'm executive producing. Oh, look at you. Look yeah. at you. That's what's up right there. Yeah. That's what's up. All right, Twink. Thank you. All right. All right. So I'll see you soon. All righty. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.